0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always. Feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today I'm joined by Vic Law. Vic, welcome back. What's up, man? I know we took a break last week, so this is uh, it's nice to be back. I feel like I got the energy that I needed uh, to do this with you again. Um, how has everything been for you? Last I saw you was two weeks ago in Vegas.
1: Yes, sir. Um, Summer League again. So our second go round in Summer League. You yeah. know, Summer League uh-huh. is its own animal, but we made it through we this time with the through. Lakers.
0: We made it through. Um, kind of reflecting on it, what do you think were some of the big takeaways for you? What are the things that you learned about yourself maybe more than anything else?
1: You know, I, I don't know. I, I think um, a big part of like my development as a person and a basketball player came through Lakeland and Australia. You know, spending time in the Southern Hemisphere um, that far away when you're by yourself is a uh, very eye-opening. Mm. And so, coming back from that, I almost felt like I could, could tackle um, any obstacle. And summer league is just you know just a, a grind. It's Just no better way I can explain it other than being a grind. Let's. I think anyone you would ask would prefer yeah. to avoid summer league if they could. But you know, it's not always easy, man. Like that's not always the path.
0: Let's break it down really quickly for people who are listening, because I think that there's a perception of what Summer League is and there's a right. reality of Summer League. I think mm-hmm. a lot of fans and people think, oh, you're playing in the NBA. It's right. Summer League. You're assigned to a team. Um, but really, it's a tryout. They're yep. not you're not getting paid a whole lot of money. You're mm-hmm. you know, you're sleeping on a, in a hotel room for what, like two weeks. Yeah. Um, we longer than that sometimes longer than that kind of take everyone through like the reality of that situation. It's not all, you know, glamorous. For sure. And I think um, a lot of guys come out and go into summer
1: league thinking, Oh, it's the first step to my journey. You know, I get to showcase my skills. Summer league is is really like an interview process. You know, you're trying to impress and, and show out. But a lot of guys don't understand is going into summer league, you really have to do your due diligence and do your homework with the team you select. Because a lot of these teams bring in roster guys that they have to play and they want to see develop. They cut deals with agents. They draft guys. And so some of the spots are already taken. Like, they have their rotation and their their roster already set, and then they kind of add other guys kind of as fillers. So, so the only advice that I would give or like, the outlook of summer league is you really have to go in there if you don't already have – I don't want to say a promise, but, like, already have, yeah. like, kind of like an idea that you're going to be – shown and get the opportunity you need to know like you're going in there to grind like it's not going to be just an easy i have to play kind of thing and even then most times the guys that go to summer league aren't getting nba contracts from Mm -hmm. like immediately from summer league right like you have to play very very well and even in that case it's like 10 percent of summer league gets a contract just from their performance in summer league most times you try out or you play well in summer league Then you get invited to training camp. You play well in training camp. You go to preseason. Play well in preseason. Then they add you to the team. Mm -hmm. More times than not, these summer league teams are really just trying to get a good look at you. And then it's either you get an overseas kind of thing because that's where a lot of overseas teams scout to, or they kind of try to add you to the G League team. So summer league is is for everything that is good with it. It has its drawbacks. And
0: it has things that guys need to understand what it really is going in. So to that point, with Summerlee being kind of this unique tryout you know, opportunity, but it's also people are scouting you. So you want to show what you can do. How challenging is that to one play your style of basketball when everyone else around you has their own, you know, um, Gen- their own goals in mind? Right. Yeah. So you want to play a, a healthy way. You, know, mm-hmm. you want to be moving the ball, setting screens, playing help defense, like really playing in the system. Cause that's your style of basketball and you'll get yours in that system. But then you have other guys that are thinking, I just got to score. I got, I got to light it right. up. Like I got to show that I can score cause that's how I'm going right. to get attention. What's yeah. that like for you dealing with that?
1: Um, I think it's, you know, very similar to like one of those, um, I don't know, you know, a lot of guys or listeners who play basketball will understand. It's like going to one of those camps, like elite camps, you know, it's very guard heavy um, the guy who has the ball in his hands most more times than now is going to shoot and try to be super aggressive, and you kind of got to try to figure it out, right? You got to find your spots, find your way that you can be effective, that also showcases what you can do. Because I know from my first experience in summer league, you know I wasn't really touching the ball, I was in and out, I couldn't really get a rhythm. And then you know you got your agent in your ear, family, friends telling you, man, you got to shoot more, you got to do this and that. And like you said, like you're you're out there playing with four of the guys that are going through the same thing. Like, they have the same kind of yeah. mindset. They're like, I got to shoot. I got to do this.
0: Your team is so also to, competing in a way. Yeah, you
1: know? for, that, for that job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of guys have the wrong idea. Like, you're not – when you go to Summer League and you're not a guy that already has been signed, you're not going in there for roster spot one, two, or three. You're going for roster spot like more 14. times than not 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And they're not looking for a guy that's just going to go in there and jack every time that's not what they're looking for they're looking for efficiency like can you make smooth clean movements are your shots looking good you look like a good basketball player they're not looking for a guy that's gonna go eight of 28 every game but you know he's scoring 20 a night that's not good basketball because at the end of the day you're not the guy they're paying 40 million dollars so i know for myself in the lakers like had i made the lakers i knew i wasn't Gonna go in there being the leading shot taker over LeBron, Westbrook, <laughs> and Davis. So I'm not and going into summer league just
0: yeah yeah. You know what I'm
1: saying? I'm not going into summer league just being like I got to just get my shots up. Yeah, yeah And that's what they're looking for because I know that at the end of the day that's not what your role will be when you're finally up in the big show.
0: Yeah. So for you it was really kind of all right. The Lakers are the right fit for me mm-hmm. for this opportunity, and that means I have to maximize that role. Now, what's that role? And then you define that role that you right. think you could you see yourself playing on that team absolutely, and that's what you have in the back of your mind. So whatever else is happening around you, what other guys are doing at the end of the day, you have that goal, you have right. that focus and that's what you're working towards. Um, take us through, you, know, you were playing in summer league at 75%. That was mm-hmm. your first time back after having the ankle surgery. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like you showed and what do you feel like you still have to prove from right. that performance?
1: So, yeah, I, you know, me and you were laughing and joking about day one in LA after that first practice. And my body had just, you know, I had got cleared nine days before summer league started. And it was interesting to me because me and my trainer in Chicago were just like, look, you're not going to score 30 points. You know, it's just not in the cards right now. You know, you're, you can move like, you know, you're a smart guy, but you're gonna have to tough it out. Like you're gonna have to figure, figure out some stuff. Right. And um, like, I wasn't, Super athletic, like I, you know, I, I feel like I pride myself on my athleticism yes. and, and kind of, um,
0: being I, I don't know, agility like guard, in the yeah, like guard everybody, being every to, yeah, being able
1: to do different stuff with like my agility and body, and it just wasn't there internally. And it's funny, like with my teammates, like kind of saying, you know, them kind of going, going with like, ah, you know, who's the most athletic, you know, who can kind of like do all this stuff, and you know, in my in my head, like right, I'm like, it's it's me. Like, it's not even, it's me. Like, I'm the most athletic one here. But I couldn't do anything because of my foot. Like, I, like, you know, you already said it. I think I was on the ball 75%. And that might have been generous because a lot of my game is predicated on being athletic, being able yeah. to run, jump, you know, play above the rim. And without that, like, it really took the, the experience. I'm <laughs> glad I have the experience that I've had to be able to still figure out, like, where the ball was going to go. Yeah. Figure out like the little gaps in the defense and stuff because going against other guys that are 100 or NBA level talent, tough. and you know trying to just figure it out and, and and use my my head, you know, just trying to like figure it out was a challenge. Like you know, I, I had to set out that first game against the Heat in Sacramento, and then played against the Kings who were who eventually won the Summer League. Yeah. Um. So like that first game was like real eye opening for me. Like it was, it was you had to shake off the rust. It was I got I got to be effective. I gotta I gotta play tough. So I think a lot of the things I got out of it were just like how like you know just how tough I am. I've always you know prided myself on toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to shoot the ball right. Like I don't think I shot as well as I could have in Australia last year. Um, and even though I still played well, I, I still think yeah. like I didn't shoot the three well. And I shot it well in summer league. And it just felt good to be back out there and, and doing what I knew I could do. And then to be able to, like, know on the back end that I'm not even, like, I'm not ready yet. Like, I'm not – I can play, but I'm not – I'm not Vic Law right now, you know. I'm just kind of, like, a a brand-value version of myself. But, you know, I'm still making it work. So, yeah, no, I think that should give me
0: confidence rolling into whatever, you know, what's next. I was going to say, do you think that gave you another chip on your shoulder as if you already don't have enough? But, like, one more where – All right. So, you know, you can kind of take everyone listening through your decision making, you know, uh, with this question and and where you ended up signing. But, you know, a lot of people might have said, oh, you're unathletic. Oh, you doesn't look like you can play in the NBA, even though you were still performing at sixty-five percent or whatever it was. I imagine that sticks with you.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I'm getting the feedback, talking to my agent and they're like, we don't know if he's athletic. You know, just you're just thinking (laughs) like, holy shit. Like, give me what the phone you, number. What, Let me call what this What are we person. talking about? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just funny because it's like, what are we talking about? I ended up – I even got to the point of my agent, like, we were getting some training camp offers. I was like, just, just send me to training camp. I don't even want a deal. Like, I know by October, yeah, I'll be more – I'll be like – if I'm not 100%, I'll be close. You know, I'll be semi-athletic. You know, I don't need I don't need a um, huge need, boost, yeah, but if I continue to yeah. rehab – and strengthen and lift around my, my lower half and get my strength back in my legs. You know, like it just take that on top of my normal athleticism. Like I'll be fine. Like I'll be able to beat yeah. some guys out. Um, Obviously, you know, that's not the path they took, but I was so like confident in that. Like just send me to camp then, you know, I, you know, forget what, like whatever else, just send me to camp. Like I'll beat guys out. Um, And me and my agent really had to sit down and just take time to really just be like, let's just focus on this ankle. Right. Like, I just ended up choosing Perth to go and play, but this year is really like a healthy year. You know, like I think, I think I'll be ready for Perth. Like I'm not, not even knocking. Like, you know what they do; they're a great organization and they hold themselves to like championship culture. But I know when I'm when I'm healthy, like I, I'm not afraid to you know really show up against anybody that's across me. And you know, this year will be great to go over there, continue to develop, make those great connections with those guys and the team. And then put myself in a great position next year to be like, I'm fully healthy. You know, there's no more excuses you guys have. Like, let's just put it all on the table and see what we got.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's the biggest thing that we've been talking about, you know, off off air is, is creating that leverage for yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, performing, taking, making that decision to perform it, not a hundred percent is a risky one for many reasons. But, you know, if, if you do make it through, then people are going to say they're not going to have the full picture. And it's very hard to communicate, uh, you know, you can't communicate with them, really. Your agents in talks with them, they're they're not really receptive and aren't going to sit on the phone with your agent for an hour and a half right. to like hear out why you're not 100%. So it's right. like whatever picture you give them is what they're going to take and run with, you know, and there's not much you can do about it. Um, but I think it's a very helpful thing for you as you go to the NBL again, you kind of, like we talked about, you have that chip, you have something to prove. And when you prove that, what other excuses can they say? You can always have like, well, I just showed you that's not true. Right. Oh, well, can you stay healthy? Stay healthy for a full season. Play at a high level. You know, right. do your game right. at a high level consistently. And I don't think they'll have much else they can uh, they can fall back on. Right so for you. What are your goals going into that, that next journey?
1: Right. Well, I think you hit it, hit a little bit of it on the head. Um, I want to make sure. Like, I'm going to revamp my whole diet the way I take care of my body and and really just see how that, how that you know, makes me feel, yeah. right? Like we all know you got to put the best fuel in your car to make it run the best. So changing my diet, I'm going to really hammer in the rehab and just stay on that the whole time. Even when I'm feeling good, just make sure I'm still staying focused and staying, like, down with my rehab and making sure everything's moving right, moving how it should, and moving better than it did. Um, I think that will be a big positive. So health has, has been – on the frontier of my uh, decision-making, you know, I didn't want to do Europe because of my health. So health has been uh, like a number one thing. Uh, two would just be continuing to work on my creativity and ball skills and like ISO situations or open court uh, moments. I think in summer league, you know, I, I kind of got, I don't want to say timid, but just hesitant with you know my foot and trying to land different awkward positions. So continue yeah. to do that and get more creative and just skillful in those spaces. Um, and then just continue to hammer on shooting. I, I think we all know shooting is a big thing in the NBA now. Like, if you can shoot, Huge. you can kind of stick around. Like, you know, defense is is important. But if you can shoot the ball, like, everyone wants you. That's the number one skill in basketball right now. Um, but as far, as far as individual goals, I want to continue the streak. You know, the Perth Wildcats have been to the grand final 36 years in a row, which is unbelievable when you think about it. So Huge. I want to, you know, help them continue that streak, um, be a guy that, you know, could turn into a fan favorite, be accountable, be dependent, dependent, dependent upon. um, And kind of put myself in that conversation for all nbl first team defensive player of the year and give my uh, teammate Bryce Cotton a run for his money in EVP.
0: Hey, those are good goals to have, man. And I think it's very attainable in the way that you're approaching, you know, changing everything and, and really attacking this season. Yeah, I think right. it'll all work out for you. So I'm excited for this next journey and hopefully I can come out to Australia.
1: I mean if the borders. I mean, hopefully, if they get
0: I'm trying. Um, the vaccination rate up, uh, the borders will start opening. I'm trying, man. Ugh, I think you got Australia
1: be... written all over you, man. I, I think, think so too. Australia.
0: I think so too. So I, I'm a little nervous <laughs> to go out there. Except, I have seen the giant spiders, and I I'm a little afraid of the giant spiders.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I they're I, massive. I'm not afraid of most stuff, but I'm freaked out by spiders. Like I told them, I wasn't really afraid of snakes, but the spiders I can't do. Have, have you seen one of those big spiders? Yeah, those I saw ducks. one of my. I saw one in Adelaide at one of my friend's houses, and I saw one um, in my garage. It was like the size of my hand. But it was a, a decent enough distance where I didn't have to, you know, like, really yeah. get right up on it. But I
0: saw it. You know, I was I was close enough to could see it. Dude, I don't know. I don't know about that. If I see one of those, I don't know how I'm responding. And like, yeah, no, it was. Um, I'm not even going to pretend to be
1: tough about that. I mean, I'm excited about going. You know, going back. It took me. So i trying to get my head, head around going back overseas, but I'm excited to be going to Perth. I know they said Perth is beautiful. It's like a big isolated city, which is, which okay. is kind of interesting because it's on the other side of the island. A lot of, you know, Australia is built around the coast yeah. lines and uh, a lot of their um, biggest Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane are all on the Eastern coast. And Perth is the only big city on the West. So Switching it'd be it interesting kind of like going back and forth and flying and seeing that, you know, the landscape and stuff. So I'm excited to see. Like, I didn't go to Perth when yeah. I was in Brisbane because, like, I hurt and I was kind of, you know, in the cast and scooter. So I didn't want to, couldn't really travel. Uh, but wow. I'm excited to go over there. And the fan base That's is crazy, time. too.
0: I mean, they've, you said 36 times they've been to the finals and they were all. Yeah. <laughs> they must have some great fans. No, they, they must do. get some support. <laughs> no, that'll be a good time, man. I'm excited for you. Uh, this is a sports podcast. Yep. And today there is a fight. So I feel Fine. like we have to address it. Okay. I hate that we have to, but it's Jake Paul and Tyron mm-hmm. Woodley. Yep. Are you going to watch it? I got the house on Woodley. No, I'm not going to pay to watch it. Well, you can always like stream it illegally.
1: No, nah, I'm just going I'm going to watch the updates on Twitter. Okay.
0: Are you going to watch it? I'm watching with Chuck and Jack and all that. Okay. But I'm concerned. Now, I was big on Tyron Woodley is going to destroy him no problem. Look at this guy. He's a specimen. He's one of the best welterweights of all time. Uh, Charlie was reading something about like the betting odds and why they were that way. Jake Paul, if he pulls this off, might be the smartest motherfucker because he picked a guy who apparently, I I forget the exact breakdown, but it was like, he's been outstruck in all of his fights. He uh, hasn't won a fight in four years. He's, I think he's like 39 Tyron Williams. Uh, yeah, Paul has the reach on him, the height advantage, which can play a factor. For sure it does. Um, he relies on his jab a lot. Apparently, he has like a very sound jab and a, a really strong right hand. And the, the jab sets up his right hand. And it was talking about how UFC no one jabs. It's very underutilized, like no one does it. So it could give him some problems. I'm I still think Tyron should handle it, should handle it no problem. But If Jake wins, he picked the perfect person because it's like he's a real UFC fighter. You can't say that Tyron Woodley is not a UFC like great. So, but he might have picked the one guy that sure is a great UFC fighter, but might not be a good boxer and could go down. Right. And it will no one that's not what people will be saying. They'll be saying, wow, he beat a UFC like champion. So I'm nervous for it. Because then if that happens. I don't know. He's a pretty – Jake Paul's a pretty big favorite. And if that happens – Jake Paul's a favorite? He's a favorite. To win the fight. To win the fight. And wow. if that happens, our world is going to shit. Why? Well, if he just beats the UFC champion, he's been boxing for, like, a couple of years. What's, what's like crazy, crazy is I saw
1: I saw the interview between Woodley and, and Paul, yeah. and it amazes me, like, the the, the image change. Like, if you look at Jake Paul, like, five years ago or when we were in college – yeah. So like now, like the tattoo inside his head, <laughs> six chains, you know, like the, the buzz cut mohawk. Yeah. Like Zig Paul's trying uh, to like really trying to market himself Oh yeah, as he, this he tough guy. Doing, like this, yeah, yeah. He's, he's making a ton of money. So because
0: we're talking about it and right. we want to see him lose. But regardless, we're we're invested in it. So he's doing something. Right. I mean, I don't
1: really care as much. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch on Twitter and you know I'll see some of the, the big punches yeah. and stuff, but I'm more so in- intrigued by you know MOB and the NFL coming up. As you know, the White Sox are killing it. They got slacked
0: yesterday. The Dodgers are killing it. The Dodgers yeah, are
1: doing all right. The Dodgers are going to lose to the Giants. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter, Jake. Give me,
0: give me the reason why they won't. The pitching is going to fall apart in the playoffs. We'll see. We'll just see. I don't need to. We don't need to. We don't need
1: well, to. is this is a sports podcast. What it is, are we it talking is, about? It is.
0: It is. But um, we got to talk I mean, about I'm, that. And then we got to talk about opening day with the Rams Bears. That's big. That's next week, right? It's huge. Next one. That's big. You guys are going to lose, though. You guys are not looking too good. Well, can we talk about baseball before we just jump into that? Because, you know, I'm fully prepared for Rams-Bears. I'm not prepared. I honestly haven't been watching any preseason. Well, McVay's not starting anybody. You're not but a fan. That's all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am a fan. Stafford's the still Do- coming
0: back. The Dodgers are going to hold it together, and they're going to win. I'm calling it now on this podcast, they're winning another ship. They win The, the division pitching is? is going to come through. They might not win the division, but they'll win the ship. They're in the NL, right, or AL? Yeah, I know. I think they're like what a game behind the Giants? And you think do they win or
1: do they have the best record or now?
0: No, they don't right now. They're like no.
1: I'm saying, do you think they will end having the best record?
0: Uh, let's see. Let's see. Right now, yeah. they're two games, two and a half games back. They're pretty. They're far. gonna I mean, win the division. Ugh. Well, that's because the Giants are the. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Who's in are the, we even talking about? They're gonna
1: they're they're in a the wild card. I hope they lose.
0: Boy, do I eighty two and forty eight. Boy, do I hope they lose to
1: the to the Reds or something. That won't happen. Man, would that be something
0: that won't happen? Hey, your White Sox are playing well. Good for you. This is our this window to win championship. If we win, this
1: is little yeah. two three year window. This is what we got. And then you're I'm scared because our starting pitching is uh,
0: uh it's uh
1: it's all right. Icy. It's not great. Yeah, like we have a couple of solid guys. Like, I like Lynn and Gilito. And then, like, I went to the game the other day with Keiko pitching. He gave up six runs in the first. And then opened the second inning with another double. Like, I'm not saying he's not great, but I didn't know his ERA was five. And he's yeah. – uh, like, I don't know. I, I just don't want to go into a series and have to get in the back end of rotation. Like, our bullpen's good. We have good closers. I just don't want the starter to be to have pitch and then get pulled yeah. three or three or four innings in. Like, I would like to actually get deep into the – We'll the see. game and
0: then give it to the pin. Baseball's changed a lot. It's changed really a lot. Like the matchups, um, like the pitching matchups, the way that the, the managers do that has mm-hmm. evolved so much from when, like, I was younger or when we were younger watching the sport. Like, right. they'll bring a guy in to pitch two batters and take him out. Right. Well, you know, it's, yeah. everything's becoming so analytical now. Or even one. I, exactly. I want to
1: hear, hear your thought on the new analytics stuff with basketball. Baseball is huge now. Football's big.
0: I hate, it with, big. I hate yeah. it with basketball. I hate it. Just, Are you talking about, like a Mike D'Antoni? Like, is that what you're talking about? Like, shoot the ball, yeah, yeah, I, just I, shoot threes I, and shoot layups. I hate it. I see. Here's the problem I think every team tried to copy
1: what the Warriors did, and every team yeah. doesn't have the roster the Warriors did or did, right? Like, the Warriors had a ton of playmakers, they had Curry and Clay, they like, and then they added Durant, they had a ton of shooting, yeah, I mean, was, you know, saying So like that the floor was always space. They had guys who could break their man down and pass, and so I just thought teams like tried to emulate that. And that's not like I, I get it. Like a, you'd rather take a three than a pull up, but you got to put it in the
0: strengths of your players, right? Like, hey, Chris Paul was doing all of the, those mid range shots. The whole that's the only thing play-off.
1: the Suns shot. They shot corner yeah. threes and pull ups, they played good defense.
0: And you have the Bucks. I mean, Giannis doing layups. I already. mean, yeah, the, I mean the Bucks only. Yeah, only the Bucks just dunked.
1: Chris Middleton <laughs> shoots a ton of pull ups. Holiday was like shooting a ton of tough, like contested middies. Yeah, you know, like the, the Bucks kind of like won in a way that. Teams haven't been winning like in the past yeah. couple years. You know, they kind of like pound you inside. They rebounded. They played really aggressive defense. Uh, Holiday picked up 94 feet. They just kind of tried to bully you for six games and win.
0: The other teams change. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I, was, I, mean, I thought it was a breath of fresh air.
0: Like, yeah. I was tired of kind of seeing those teams just go like jacket seven of 40 from three. Yeah. Just because. Or the all time worst. What was it? Uh, the Rockets and I wasn't in game seven. They went 0 for 27 from three yeah. to start.
1: Yeah. That was, a, that was a pretty bad officiated game, though. I thought the refs missed a couple calls. You missed 27. There.
0: I know, but 27 threes in a row. That was the
1: thing. Great. that You already said the thing. Was I know. No, I know. I'm threes. just saying.
0: I remember, I remember watching that and actually being like, I think I hate basketball now.
1: I mean, it's crazy that the Jazz played the Rockets and they guarded James Harden from behind because they <laughs> didn't want him to shoot the step back. <laughs> I was
0: literally thinking about that image of Ricky <laughs> Rubio behind him. Yeah, yeah, him.
1: By, just guarding him behind. Just, as soon as the screen came, just jumping right behind him. So he couldn't shoot the step back. And I, I get it. Like you take away what the guy's good at. Well, but in theory, as a basketball player, like, wouldn't you just think he would just go to the basket then? Like just you just put – somebody's going to have to help. Like you're just putting your defense. I don't know. I thought it was really innovative by Quinn Snyder, but I was like basketball is just changing so yeah. much. Can you imagine somebody guarding like Larry Bird or
0: Mike, like just standing behind him? I think about like what if Kobe was playing the NBA like that? today and someone did that to him, he'd be like, oh, you're – you're an idiot. Like I'm going, or somebody, you.
1: Or somebody told him he couldn't shoot pull-ups. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think there are certain players, right? Like if you're really, really good at shooting pull-ups, yeah. they don't tell you anything. But if you're just like a, like a guy coming in yeah. or you're like a, a, like a rotation guy and you shoot them and you don't make them, uh, you're, you're not have playing. You,
0: have you listened to Duncan Robinson's podcast at all, or like the clips he does where he talks about bit. some of the, yeah. he, he talks a, a lot about, about some of his like in game stuff. And like, he was talking the other day mm-hmm. about, you know, Spolstra was, like, shoot the ball. I brought you Mm -hmm. here to shoot the ball. So like, I think they're very detailed with him about if you have like X amount of space, whatever that, that, you know, whatever the number is they came up with in their heads or like, if if you have this much space, you're actually open and you have a better percentage of making that shot than somebody else who would see more open. So shoot Mm -hmm. the ball. And, um, you know, he's talking about like getting yelled at by Spolster when he doesn't take those shots. They're not looking for him to like pump fake and drive. Like, no, it's like shoot it or pass it. Mm -hmm. shoot the ball or get off the rock like everything else in between like you're not shooting layups you're not shooting mid-ranges we don't want any of that shoot the ball right so it's it's interesting because like you would think i mean obviously it's become very specialized in in certain you know oh if you're a really good shooter there's always been shooters but to think that they're being told like all right you leave the dribbling to those guys yeah yeah, don't even think about it but you're in the nba definitely specialists now
1: i I don't don't think i don't think it goes like he does dribble and like move around and stuff, but I know what you mean.
0: Like he, for yeah. sure, if he has a three, he has got to shoot the three. Like he's getting yelled at if he doesn't, even if like, it's like semi Yeah. Yeah. I, I had an
1: argument with a, one of my friends about um, him and his development, right? Like, you know, you hear the story when he got brought up as a two way and they were kind of trying to mold him. Yeah. Sculpture and Jimmy would yell at him like, just shoot it. And we don't care. Just shoot it. And, you know, we were arguing like, and I think, you know, Don't get me wrong, like, I think that gives you great confidence, and this was Mm arguing about, you as a player, that should give you great confidence that you know you have the green light, and the coach and best player want you to shoot. But my counterpoint was, don't you think there's a little bit of pressure in he knows he's got to make a couple shots? They're not going to keep telling you to shoot if you're not making any. Like, credit to Duncan that he was shooting, like, 52 or 53%, or and, like, seventy. if he was, like, wide open, they were, like, 75%. Like, they were always going in. But, you know, like, if it's a guy that's, like, 30%, they're not saying that to, no. you know, to shoot kind of contested threes. Well no. so him, Duncan, if you get it and you have any sense of daylight, please just shoot. Like, yeah. we're not going to get a better shot.
0: Shoot it. Yeah. Go for it. No, I mean, look, he's – that's his thing, right? So, I guess that's obviously shooting at that high of a clip, like, got him to the NBA and where he's at. I just Absolutely. think it's – and he's obviously, like, more talented than – most people who've ever played basketball like i'm sure he can dribble. i'm sure he can shoot mid ranges i'm sure he can do all of it i just think it's funny that it's like don't like Like, just do that one thing just do that one thing i paid him a ton of
1: money just do that one thing i wouldn't mind saying
0: i know i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's (laughs) just funny to me like we talk about this evolution of basketball and i think there were always like sharpshooters there were like the kyle corvers there were the you know reggie miller there are all these people but like they still were expected to like Pump fake, dribbles a little hole, like you know what I'm saying. Like it, they were expected to find their offense, however they needed to get it. Yeah. Now it's like shoot the ball, and if you don't shoot it, get off the ball.
1: I think the next evolution of basketball, and it's kind of already going there, but I think it's going like to hit an extreme hmm. um, with no position in basketball. Like there's are going to five guys out there, and the most attractive position now in the NBA is like the six, six to six nine wing. They can play like four positions, and they're just gonna throw a ton of them out there, and be like, and maybe yeah. one ball handler. Like, look, just switch. Every, like the Clippers did it, the Rockets did it. They put Marcus Morris at the five. Look, we got Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Beverly Ronda, to dribble. Other guys switch everything, space the floor, five out, like get some cutting. You know, get some yeah. kind of room pressure, but just do it like that. And I think it's weird because when I, I know when I was growing up. And playing basketball like AU tournaments, kind of playing at the rec center. Height was so valued, like right, like if you had like a big seven foot foot guy, yeah, you'd like, go down low,
0: clear automatic Division
1: One scholarship. If you're seven feet, I don't care if you couldn't walk and shoot gun. Like somebody wanted you, because like that was how basketball was then. I feel like now, as a big guy, like as a like a true center, like you, like everyone, like you know, says like, oh, you're soft if you aren't posting up. Like, but I just feel like it's the way basketball is changing now. Like, if you're you a big, you
0: kind of are you referring have, to AD? Are you referring to my guy? No,
1: I'm not. Jake, that's just you as a, that's like, actually you say, your guy. I love it from it Chicago.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love AD. But
1: I'm saying, I, I think like the big guys now have to be like skilled. Like, you have to dribble, be able to make like at least a, a bounce pass, you know, like back doors and shoot a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, either you're like a mountain of a man and you can just roll it to you. You're scoring every time. If not, you have to like, Yeah. Have some kind of like, yeah, you got to like be able to space it because because if not, you're just putting another big guy right next to you in in the 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 lane. Yeah, that can that can shrink, you know, shrink space. And so now I I just I think the game of basketball is changing so much that like the old purists or whatever you want to call it like that. You know, the mid range pull ups, the shoot with inside the arc, get as much rim pressure as you can. Like that's starting to go away. And I'm I'm like interested to see. What the next evolution of basketball looks like. And I to me, I think it's gonna be like six, seven centers, six nine centers. That can just because you can play like yeah. three through five.
0: You're gonna switch I everything. Mean, I personally think it's gonna be more Kevin Durant uh modeled players. Like you're seeing someone, mm-hmm. obviously, no one's gonna be just Kevin Durant, but I'm saying these like Correct. tall, like uh what's like guy, Chet Chet green What's his name? Holmgren,
1: mm-hmm. Holmgren yeah.
0: He's like seven feet, also like lanky, mm-hmm. skinny, but moving and shooting yeah yeah and i think it's those types of guys where like they're not being pressured into like building you know muscle and that's being right. down low it's like they're just being explosive they're athletic and they can shoot and dribble and mm-hmm. they can go and i mean a good really example hard. of that is, is kumingo on the warriors yeah, it's hard to play him though. wherever they just throw him out there and be like look man just you figure it
1: out you draymond kind of like our backline guys mm-hmm. you two figure it out you decide who's going to guard the big guy and like figure it out but like i thought at first when the draft was happening they were saying all the negatives about coming and i didn't get it because he's like the the stereotypical 69 230 young freak athlete can kind of dribble can shoot well enough like he'll fit right like you just throw he's another guy that you can like he's a swiss army knife where you can just throw him out there and you can figure lineups out out around him like kind of like draymond and i think coaches are going to start finding that so attractive because they can be like well Oh, we need a big out there. We need shooting. Oh well, no, you know we can just put Draymond at the five and Kaminga at the four. We can put Kaminga at the five and you know whatever, or you know put Wiseman back out there because Wiseman is also good. Yeah, I don't know. I think like that that type of player that you said is definitely because I'm super super attractive with the NBA and, and just in basketball in general.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because somehow like height went away, the value of height went away, but then it came back in terms of you know, the athletic height, what that can give a player. And -hmm. when you think about that image of Kevin Durant, like pulling up, um, it was going around on on Instagram. Like they measured how high he was off the ground. And I think the person guarding him was, you know, with like his shooting form, like where he was shooting from. Mm -hmm. And the person guarding him, I think was also like six, seven. Mm -hmm. And he was clear in a way way over elevated above him. There was nothing the person could do. He played great defense. Nothing could be done. And I think that coach is like, well, if I can get that, if I can get somebody like that out there, I'll take it. Like, yeah. I'll take that. Right. Let's go. Like that's you, can, it. you can work with,
1: with, like, the other stuff. But, yeah, you're not going to get side advantage like that. It'll be interesting to me when we have kids, if we have, like, because we're tall, if we have, like, tall, like, sons or daughters and, oh, and we are, like, in middle school watching them play and their coach is like, nah, I just want you to roll. I don't even want you to drill. Just stand on the paint. We're going to yeah. fuck, fuck that. And look! Look! Get the ball to
0: back where push it. I want you doing everything. See, this is we're gonna be those dads at the game that are fucking. We're stuck in the past. We're preaching yeah. like old style basketball. We played like play some help defense. Yeah. Like, yeah, get back. Like talk, and they're gonna be like, well, "I just want to shoot threes, Dad." And you're like, what "The hell is that?" Like, no, I'm gonna be Jake. I'm gonna be all for it. I'm telling my son, "Look, man, if he's like tall and like some kind of talented, hey, look,
1: man, we're gonna work on your inside game, but." you are dribbling all around the cul-de-sac you're we're
0: working on your ball handling you're gonna be like a, an iso god when we when we get you to high school and stuff i'm gonna just teach my kid to be a three-point specialist or my kids like, I, I'm gonna like, Dude, <laughs> shoot the ball every day <laughs> just shoot the say. ball a thousand times a day because i don't have the height that you have no so... dribbling oh we're gonna have a good handle we're gonna have a good handle. okay I, he's just he's i don't have though. a good handle but he'll be I just be a a shooter though. he'll be a shooter with a handle or she, I don't know, I think that's going to you. whatever they want to be. Whatever my, You pride yourself on being a tough blue to
1: guy. I don't think you're going to want your son just being a three-point shooter than my like, contact.
0: There, there will be nothing more upsetting to me to watch one of my children play basketball, if they decide to play basketball, and not play helping their teammates. Like, selfish basketball from one of my kids will drive me nuts. <laughs> you're going to take him out of the sport? I'm going to pull him out of the game. Like, Coach, <laughs> no, 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 that's out. not it's what like, we're no. doing. It's the first quarter take five minutes yeah done. take him out i'm, like, yeah, no, him out. I'm walking them out i don't know all right well,
1: let's let's get off basketball. let's talk about um week one rams bears let's first talk about i think the over under for uh rams this year is
0: 10 and a it's half like 10 games yeah 10 and a half games yeah. are you are you betting would you bet on the over or under I would bet over, but I'm a little con- I want to see how Stafford uh holds up because like you know, he has injury concerns, but he's had a bad line before and all these things. So I'm not a betting man. I don't feel like super confident in betting on that because who knows? Like maybe they rest him a little bit, or maybe he has like a little injury and they don't play him and like there's a chance they lose a couple games and maybe they slide into right. the playoffs at like ten and six or whatever. Um okay, well, let's just- go,
1: let's go week by week then. All right, let's okay. call you you just say win or loss. Right. And then no, no, you're just gonna say win or loss. Then we're gonna do the Bears. Okay. All right. All right. Bears week one. Win. At home. Absolute
0: okay. win. In Indianapolis. They're playing in Indianapolis. Uh they don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. It might be Wentz. He hurt his foot. I'm going Rams.
1: Okay. That's two and zero. Oh. Buccaneers in LA.
0: I think there's a chance they lose that one.
1: Okay, two and one. Cardinals in LA. A ton of home games starting off. Cardinals
0: are tough. Uh I'll take the Rams in that.
1: A three and one
0: at Seattle. I think they pulled that one out.
1: Okay, four and one.
0: Giants in New York. I hate, I think we're beating the Giants. Give okay. it five Giants will one. be good
1: this year, though. Giants will be yeah. better this year. Yeah, if Daniel just,
0: Jones is good, Giants will win the division. Okay. I just want that.
1: That's that five and one?
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm very biased.
1: Uh, Detroit in LA. That's yeah, six win.
0: Five. Yeah, Texans. That's a win. They don't even have a quarterback, they don't even know what to do with Deshaun. Against the Titans, that's a loss.
1: Okay, seven and two at the Niners. Niners are gonna have a bounce back here.
0: Uh oof. depends on who's playing quarterback.
1: I think it'll be I think it'll be Jimmy G, but they're gonna throw Trey Lance in Yeah, in there.
0: I'll say we lose that one.
1: All right, seven and three at Green Bay. Tough stretch there. Titans, That's a loss. Niners, Packers, seven and four. Uh Jacksonville coming to LA.
0: That's a win.
1: Eight and four. Uh at Arizona.
0: That's a lose. That's a loss, yeah.
1: Eight and five. Uh Seattle
0: at home. I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. I think because they're gonna lose what two or three in a row and they're gonna come back and win that
1: Nine one. and five. Okay. At Minnesota. Nine and five. Minnesota. It's gonna be freezing cold. Cous-
0: but cousins could miss, like depending on heat. Oh, they like, could miss stuff. games because of COVID, you know, COVID protocols and all that. So that's weird. That could be one right. of those weird ones where like I would say they lose if they're healthy, but mm-hmm. you say, you say
1: lose. they lose. Okay. Okay. So what is that? Nine and six? Nine and six. We got at Baltimore. They just lost J.K. Dobbins though. Knee injury. Might be I season
0: think, I, I think we're losing at Baltimore. With no JK Dobbins? I think we're losing at Baltimore.
1: Okay, that's nine and eight. And then
0: Niners to end the year. We take that.
1: Be, I'm sorry, it's ten and seven. Sorry.
0: 10, 10. So you think the Rams end ten and seven? I mean, there could it could go, you know, up game a game either way. Yeah,
1: somewhat fair.
0: I'm trying not to be too biased because obviously I think we're winning every game. Okay. We're going to do the Bears now. Do the Bears. And then, sorry, everyone listening, you probably hate this. <laughs> I, I feel like you should be asking. You You go on your phone and look up the Bears. I'm doing That's it right now. I mean. Okay. I'm doing it right now. Chicago Bears, new quarterback, Soldier Field, not as good as SoFi. All right. Week one against the Rams. Go.
1: The over-under of the Bears is seven as well. Um, against yes. the Rams,
0: we lose by 10. Love that. Uh, against the Bengals. Oof. At Cincinnati or at home? It is that home. I'll say the
1: Bears win that one. Close game, at though. The, Bears
0: win. You play the Browns on the road next. We lose. Get killed. So one and one two. And two. Uh, Lions, that's a win. You're two and yeah. two. Raiders. Win. In Chicago or in Vegas? I think Chicago. Uh, no, Vegas. Vegas. Win. I don't so think the Raiders. And, I don't, I'm two. not scared of the Raiders. Sure. Packers, you lose three and three. Yeah. Uh, Buccaneers, you lose. Lose three and four. Three and four. 49ers.
1: Lost three and five.
0: Three and five. Steelers. Oof.
1: Toss-up game. I'll give it to us. Four and five. We're going to buy a
0: field goal. Uh, Ravens. Where? Uh, at at home. Loss. Four and six. Lions win, five, win and six. five and six. Cardinals at home. It looks like six and six. We win. Six and six. Uh, Packers. It's a loss again. Loss. So you're just not beating them. Six and seven. Vikings at home. Loss. Six and eight. I think we split the Vikings on loss. the road. Loss. Six and nine. Giants at home. Loss. I, don't think 10. The Giants.
1: I really think if Daniel Jones plays good, the Giants are a,
0: a, a serious team because their defense is really good. Okay, Vikings on the road at the end. So, when I think we split with the Vikings, so you're saying seven and ten? Yeah, oof, not making that's not making anything. No, no, no. I think I
1: think the yeah. uh, Packers win the division. If say, here's my breakdown with NFC North if, if yeah. Rogers stays healthy, Adams stays healthy, Jones healthy, Packers win any injury, Vikings win. I think the Packers win 11. I think the Vikings win 10, 9 or 10. Yeah. I think I mean, the Lions have the worst record in the league. Lions-Texans competing for the worst record in the league. You, well, they have my guy Goff
0: now, so, you know.
1: Yeah, worst record in the league.
0: Who's their coach now? Is this still Patricia? I think so. Or, no, he got fired, didn't he? I don't know. It's a mess. The, the Lions have been a mess. So, sorry to anyone from Detroit who's a Lion
1: Dan Campbell. I don't know who that is. Dan Campbell. Sounds
0: familiar. Sounds familiar. But, yeah, not, I mean, I'm not excited viewed for favorably. He
1: got ranked as the second worst head coach in football.
0: I'm excited for the uh, the opening day. It'll be interesting. We should probably uh, we should be on FaceTime the whole time.
1: Yeah, I, I told you we should live live should chat live it record. the whole time. Yeah, the whole
0: time. all right, let's do it. Let's if, figure the, it out. if the Bears win, I'll be going nuts. If the Bears win, I will also go nuts. I'll live tweet kind of the game. Finger.
1: Yeah, well, the only thing you guys have on us is that front seven. And and one good corner.
0: I just can't wait. We'll just see. We'll just see. We'll know next week. We'll have the one answer. Seven, one good corner. I tell you what,
1: if, if the Bears' offensive of line does a complete one eighty and is good, you never know. I say well, we, we throw Dalton out there, let him get killed, and then put Fields in there yeah, in week five.
0: Make him look good. I mean, we both have the the Rams winning that game anyway. So
1: I got. I think the, the Vegas has a minus seven and a half. I think if you're a betting guy, you take that. Rams need by ten or fourteen.
0: We'll find out. Well, I appreciate you doing this um we will check back in soon and again excited for you and your next step in your journey going to perth and just proud of everything that you did do in summer league absolutely thanks man shout out the red Army. go rams (laughs) go rams let's end on that note This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio, sound editing by Rashad Allen, music by James Grissom.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.